All right. Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. And so I know that we just did the uh, playoff ranking episode, and I wound up going solo with that. But Craig is back. So Craig is okay. here with us. Yeah. Right. Missed you, man. You were, right. Missed you. Yeah, you were a little bit busy with the whole election stuff going on that My night. My wife didn't go to sleep, so, you know, it's she wanted to stay up and ask me not to do the show. So I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> so... so so she is so uncaring. She well, is so inconsiderate. You know darn well, you know, the wise talk, man. You better do what they say, I'm telling you. <laughs> you better do what they say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I know. So, uh, but, yeah, the election stuff wound up going on forever. Yeah. But, late, uh, late night. Late, late night, so. Yeah, so here we are on Wednesday night then uh, getting this episode in for the preview of Iowa. But before we get to the Iowa talk, uh, you know, I was thinking, uh, you know, normally we don't do this, and I guess normally I would say we don't really encourage it. But I guess I might do a little free promo here, um, throw out a little free promo. So, Okay. Uh, do you enjoy wasting your time? Do you like having headaches? Do you like watching some unbearable event take place? If you do and you don't like spending a lot of money, this Saturday you can go and watch the two worst teams in the Big Ten East division face off against each other in wonderful, bright, sunshiny East Lansing. Bye. Where the sky is gray because of the couches burning. Yeah. Only $6. Wow, you're kidding, Caleb. Where can no, we... I am not kidding. And you know what? This great, incredible game that you speak of, where would you find... Well, how much would that game cost? How much that would, would that ticket only... cost so I can take my family to go see that game? You could... You know what? We'll make a special price where you can get two for $12. You're kidding. Well, that's no. like that's like going going to a high school game. Yeah, if you enjoy being tortured for three and a half hours on your Saturday, you can go to East Lansing to watch some foosball. Wow, but I mean, I can go actually just go up to the neighborhood high school and watch the same kind of game, correct? Yes, but that's only on Friday nights because high schools plays on Friday nights. Only high school teams play on Friday nights, don't they, Craig? That's Isn't that true. right? That is true. But, but wait, what time is this game on Saturday? I don't even know because I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> but starting in 2017, some of these so fortunate Big Ten teams get to play games on Friday nights. Wow. What? Well, that sounds like a good time. Would they be showing a movie on the uh, Jumbotron? I'm not sure, but I can only imagine that you're going to have such school spirit and it's going to be like being in high school again because only a few select teams are fortunate enough to have Friday night games. Actually, I think there's one team that is so fortunate, so blessed that they need to play two Friday night games next year. Rutgers? No, actually, I think it's Northwestern. I'm, I'm not looking at the list right now, but right. <laughs> it's amazing. All, all this stuff is going on, and it's just so you have to share. You have to share. Yeah. <laughs> so do. Friday night you, lights, man. You gotta, yeah. you know, 
you you know sometimes these teams got to compete with the you know the high school teams and you know it's it's the, these high school games might be a little bit better than some of these teams that I'm watching the, these games so I don't know man I, both those things that we just discussed Rutgers playing Michigan State tickets six dollars for East Lansing and then next year there are going to be Big Ten Friday night games the ones for uh, what is it um. Labor Day weekend, Friday, Labor Day weekend. There's two of them, I think. Two Big Ten games. I don't care about that. I mean, right. that's that's kickoff weekend for college football. Everybody watches basically Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that, I, I don't care about when games are for them. I mean, Michigan last year played Thursday night, wasn't it, I think, for Labor Day weekend? Yeah. But um, during the regular season is where I kind of – you know, shake my head. I, I, I've gotten in discussions with a few fans about it and everything. And I mean, yes, most of the teams are only going to be doing it once a season. So, yep. so on and so forth, but that could be a perfect opportunity or the only opportunity for some recruits to go to their games. If it's a Saturday yeah. game, but it's a Friday night game, then they're probably not gonna be going. I'm always saying, Hey, you know what? Rutgers and some of those other teams do it. Because they're they're not going to get any uh, airtime on Saturday. They're just not going to unless you go to one of the conference channels and do it and watch them. But even there, you're not going to get them on TV at all. So you might as well go Friday night. It's the only time you're going to get any, like you said, airtime or you're going to get maybe a recruit that says, hey, I can come Friday during the day and then hang out and watch you guys play. But you're not going to be able to do it on a Saturday. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So. Yeah, well, they had they had what was it like the two hundred recruits at the game that they lost by seventy eight points. So yeah, that was a bad idea. You have a, yeah, if you have a Friday, how much worse can, of an idea can it be to have a Friday night game, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then have that many recruits see the opposing team whip your butt. So I'm like, geez, man, couldn't get any worse. All I know is I know a lot of recruits were like, hey. This Michigan team sounds like a pretty good deal. Thanks, Rutgers. <laughs> we didn't even have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, we get to see Michigan, and we don't even have to travel that far because <laughs> right. they'll come to us. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So just a lot of interesting things going on, you know, all in good college football fun. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, – I, I I will uh, mention this because then um, – it was brought to my attention on how Michigan had that 2014 debacle with buying Coke and getting tickets. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was, and I, my response to that was, yes, that's very true. That was a terrible time for Michigan, but you also have to look that took us seven years to get there from the beginning of 2000. Wait, was it seven or 2008? The beginning of Rich Rod. 2008 if i'm not mistaken to 2014 basically about seven years it took us to get to that point it's taken michigan state seven games <laughs> to get to six dollar ticket but to go from the big 10 champs to to this yeah yeah the, so, uh, then. The, these are the two teams in the big 10 east that do not have a conference ruin somebody is going home with the trophy of whatever yeah, I don't even know. They should come up with something. We make the our not, own. The, the not the worst trophy. <laughs> yeah, not so worst trophy. Yeah, that might be that might work. But yeah, yeah, I remember that time with the whole Coke shenanigans. But 
uh, that's, I mean, we still fill the house at the big house. We still have everybody going. So, yeah, I remember that time. That's, you know, that was a downtime for Michigan, no doubt about it. Yeah, that was also, that was also Dave Brandon. Oh, well, and, yeah, we don't and, like to talk about him, but. Yeah, and there was stuff with that. And and I don't know exactly how it all happened. I mean, I remember reading about it, and supposedly, like, it was a promotion with Coke, and so it was they were saying it was Coke's fault or idea or an idea, whatever. It was bad. Whoever's fault it was, it was bad. And uh, this Michigan State situation is not good for them either, but a little fun there at their expense. So I guess kind of on that note, since we did spend uh, – decent amount of time on that we will go ahead and just uh go ahead and move into talking about iowa this coming weekend okay well we are technically back i guess if you want to say that uh we had a little bit of an interruption last night uh today we are recording here it is thursday night uh normally we have this released on thursday morning but uh there was a little bit of an interruption last night we were actually recording had a little bit of a technical difficulty and then i got a phone call at it was like 11:30 at night and my in-laws had our kids for the evening and our my son was throwing up so went through yep. a whole jumping through hoops thing we drove for an hour almost an hour to go to the in-laws and then he was asleep by the time we got there we wound up spending the night i didn't go to work today family's been sick he just started getting sick my wife's been sick my daughter just got done being sick thankfully i've avoided things so far so we'll see how that goes so that's just part of everything that happened so this is Part of the reasoning why this episode is coming out Friday morning instead of Thursday. So, uh, hope the family's better, dude. You know, hope everybody's good. Thanks. And uh, you see the protesters on the street, man. The people want the Blue Brothers sports cast. They're pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's all the that's all the protesting has been about. <laughs> They're mad. They want this show. And we told. We, we told them Thursdays, and we let them down. Down, yeah. And now they're all over the street, and they're mad as heck. So we got to get this out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, nothing well, wrong. I mean, nothing like having a last-minute kid puking, and you know, you know, I had my own kids, and I tell you, and everything stops. Life, life almost stops when your kid pukes and things are wrong. You just, you know, got to tend to that. Yeah, and he's young enough. That was the first time that he was like going through the whole puke sickness thing. So it was first time for everything. So I don't blame them, kids. You know, the kids kind of cry when they puke. I know it's, and I hate doing it. I'm like one of those guys who I'll do anything I can to not puke. And my wife's one of those people just like, I eh, forget that. I'm going to puke and get it over with. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Caleb, are you a puker? Do you like hold it in? Do you try everything you can to not puke, or are you just like, ah, eh, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> Well, actually, I don't really puke that much. Yeah. Uh, not mm. not to do a new intro, another intro on top of the one that we already did, but I mean, I guess interestingly enough that we're bringing it up, I have not thrown up since 2011. Dang, dude, really? I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because I was. Uh, it was a cruise that I went on with my family when we went deep sea uh, fish 
uh, deep sea fishing. I almost said fish diving, deep sea fishing. And I hadn't been on a boat in forever, like a small boat in large open water. And I got sick when I was like 10. And so I was like, oh, well, this is over a decade later, uh, over 15 years later. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I should be okay. You know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So I didn't take any motion sickness stuff or whatever. So we're out there and I started getting sick to my stomach. The guys driving the boat are like popping pills and I'm like, great, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get that drama main man or something getting out. Yeah. They got the patches and, um, you know, pills and, but yeah, wow, that's pretty incredible, dude. I mean, that's pretty amazing. You haven't done that, but, uh, I don't get sick that much either, but when I do, I'm just, I fight through it. Yeah. If, if I can, if I get to that point where I'm just like, I know if I throw up, it'll help help me feel better i'll be i'll be like just let it happen but it's uh there was i i recall at least one time since then where i was just like just let me throw up and because i know i'll feel better but i didn't so but um yeah so anyway so yep that that explains why this is coming out friday and uh we uh we mentioned uh, we talked a little bit, and actually, it's not included in this because only the intro was really saved from our first attempt to recording Wednesday night. But uh, Craig missed our playoff uh, episode this week, but he had some dialogue, and I know that we'll be picking that up for the playoff ranking episode next week because the dialogue probably won't change a whole lot because the committee is dumb, and we won't don't need to get into that because it's preview episode, not playoff episode. So. With that being a preview episode, we're here to talk about Iowa and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Finally, through the intro and that, we can get back into the Michigan football talk. So, um, yeah, Iowa. This was the game that we, at the beginning of the year, or before the season started, even at the end of last year, I mean, since we do episodes each and every week, this has been kind of marked on our calendars for quite a long time because we have been ready for this to be a big game on our schedule. I mean, it's, it's a road game. I don't know if I would necessarily say it's our biggest road road game this far. I mean, state was a pretty big one cause it was rivalry one, but state is doing worse than, uh, Iowa. That's for sure. Uh, Iowa coming into the game or the game this weekend with a five and four record and Michigan st- staying undefeated at nine and no. So uh it's it's still worrisome uh a little yeah. bit. I mean I I I okay. I I go ahead and say that, but I'm not really worried about it. But I was not the easiest place to win at. Uh they lost uh Iowa this year has lost to North Dakota State. That was their first loss. Uh they also lost to Northwestern and they have lost to Wisconsin and Penn State. Ironically enough, three of those games being home games. So yeah, well, this is like our first meeting in three years, though. I mean, we haven't, uh, you know, we haven't. And then obviously, both teams took different directions. I mean, can you imagine three years ago where we, you know where both te- these teams were, kind of both on opposite sides of the spectrum, but. Uh, I mean, our record with them hasn't been very good in the past eight years, obviously, as you know, or the past seven or eight. So, you know, but, um, yeah, I was kind of going in a little bit of a different direction than Michigan at this moment. So it is pretty interesting. 
Yeah, and actually, uh, I'll say, go ahead and say it now because we have talked to people. Uh, we talked to people. Uh, I think it was even during the off season. If there was one road game that we were going to try to make, uh, we were talking about this game. At one point, uh, Craig and I and Rashawn had talked about trying to hit up a road game, maybe. And I have a cousin that graduated from Iowa um, and works in Chicago, and I think he's actually going to the game. And so there was some talk about it at one point, and I think it got mentioned to some of our listeners and everything. But unfortunately, on my end, and I'm pretty sure that since it's so close and everything, that nothing worked out on your end either, Craig, because nothing's been said about it. But my things got turned upside down on me with work. Um, and so just I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So I'm not going to uh, – none of us are going to the Iowa game, unfortunately. So right. if we were, we would have let anybody know. But I think it will be a good, fun game. I've heard of decent – I mean, it sounds like a – as we're knowing more and more people in the uh, Michigan fan base, it sounds like a decent amount of people will be going over there. So yeah, that's the there. thing is, uh, you know, you know, I guess my question would be to you is, or even to the fans is that whole that dreaded uh, phrase: "Is this a trap game?" You know, could this be a trap game for Michigan? You know, at Kinnick Kinnick Stadium, who obviously has you know both probably one of the most you know, uh, tough crowds, you know, at, at their stadium and they're tough to beat. And, you know, they got that 12th man going. Um, they have a really good crowd going there and, you know, sometimes they get up and they play us very well. So, uh, so I don't know. I mean, me, I, I'll give my two cents and say, I don't believe this is a trap game. I don't think Mich- uh, Jim Harbaugh plays that way. I don't think he coaches that way as everything, every game, you know, that we are kind of looking ahead I don't believe Harbaugh thinks that whatsoever. I think he takes every game very seriously. I think he, like he, he mentioned that every game is a championship game. I don't think he's looking beyond Iowa, and that's what I think a lot of teams consistently sometimes do. Even Ohio State and Urban Meyer did with Penn State. So, um, as much as Michigan is going into a really tough crowd to play at. I just, you know, I don't believe they will, but, you know, this is their second game on the road, so you never know. But uh, I think well, Michigan. Thir- third game. Third game. I'm sorry. Yeah, third game. Yep. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's always a tough place to play, you know, in there. So, and I will. I know a 78 to 0 win on the road doesn't really resonate as a road game because it yeah. so easily, <laughs> but it is the third road game. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, and I'll say it here at the beginning, too, that I don't think it's a trap game. It is a night game, which that mm-hmm. kind of adds a little bit to it with um, I was uh, – well, actually, I don't know what the record is, but it seems to be that they always play tough as it is, and then their night games are not an easy uh, challenge either. But um, as the season was going on and we saw Iowa drop games, like we said, to North Dakota State and then Northwestern, I feel like – Indiana has more of a chance to be a trap game than this one. Right. Um, somebody was putting information out there, and I can't remember what the other one was, but uh, I saw that it was against Iowa that Harbaugh broke his leg when he was playing, Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, so people were, like, coming out with all these different things on why, I mean, they're going to be, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say emphasizing this game, but just – 
things that will contribute to them having a tough mindset with this game. And somebody brought up how Harbaugh got injured against them in college. Um, I think, I think the team's as focused as ever. Um, so I think this is going to be a good game for them. And, you know, just kind of staying on top of things. We had uh, some critical things to say about the defense last, last week. Um, yeah. And uh, each and every week we talk about the issues of allowing big plays and it would be great to see them because this is the last row game before going to Columbus. Mm. So it'd be great to be able to see them get some more productivity, be a little bit more fine tuned on both sides of the ball. We've seen great things at home at home games, right? but it would be great to see a new level, uh, the next level for their road game performance. Yeah, no, I agree. And that would be interesting. Obviously, they got a um, OK team. And there you have they have obviously one of the things that they do have on their side is they have a senior quarterback in CJ. So and, you know, he's he's passed for fewer than 200 yards in six to nine games. So, you know, that's, you know, OK. It's not great, but, you know, he isn't having the productive year that he he's used to so um but uh, they do have our two running back a system going so they got two healthy running backs so we gotta be careful of that so so yeah, yeah. experience running backs because it's a senior and a junior i believe yep um yeah uh, so wadley yeah. and daniels yep yeah and uh talking about cj bethard um uh people probably remember that name quite well because of Rudak coming in, losing the job to Bethard, transferring over to Michigan and playing and outperforming Bethard. Uh, I mean, I know that Iowa went undefeated last year, but Rudak's numbers were uh, quite amazing and everything. And this year, I don't know where they fall or compared to last year, but Bethard right now is uh, throwing 59%. And you were talking about kind of his low numbers for passing. Uh, yeah. He's just broken fifteen. Well, they're passing space. I mean, they really are. They're almost similar. Uh, the year. I mean, he's he's only got five inter, uh, three interceptions. So I mean, five interceptions. So he uh, and and about fifteen hundred yards. So he's he's doing pretty good. You know, with but um, he's um, he's got pretty good numbers. So it's not like he's bad at all this year oh yeah yeah he's doing not bad at all so he's got 13 13 touchdowns with five interceptions which is about pretty similar to spades you know he's very uh uh efficient and he's very uh you know he he moves the ball very well and he's very you know pretty accurate and he doesn't turn the ball over as you can see so yeah and uh Spate's numbers uh, right now, I don't have this touchdown to interception run for me, but I could pull up here in a second. But right now he's 64% and he's broken 2,000 yards um, for himself. And as far as touchdown interception, he's 15 and 3. Um, yeah, Spate's got, uh, I think he's got, well, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's 15 and 3, uh, 15 yeah, touchdowns. 15, yeah, so it's yeah, pretty. Yeah, he's so got, pretty close. Well, there. he's about he's about two thousand yards passing, so he's got a little bit more yardage. But as far as the you know touchdowns to interceptions, he's pretty much on pace with CJ. So, yeah, 
yeah. kind of similar, but yeah. Well, the thing that will be kind of interesting to see um, is they'll be going up against um, maybe not, and I don't have the specific numbers on where they rank in the conference or even nationally, but they this might be one of the tougher secondaries that they'll be facing, specifically uh, one of the best players for uh, the secondary in uh, Oh wow! The cornerback, yeah. Oh, uh, Desmond King, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Desmond King. I almost said Kingston Davis. And yes. I was like, no, that's <laughs> twelve wrong on his career. So twelve, yeah. career interception is pretty dang good. So he's uh, senior, and yeah, he got a senior lane. He got, uh, I think they got that middle linebacker and and Jewel, and he's really good because he leads the Big Ten in, in tackles. So, and but the thing is, man, is you have to remember is is good as those players are they were gashed by penn state yeah yes and they were and (laughs) and it was um i was watching uh some film and even some of the things that other people were saying on social media about them and it's at at one point in that game uh it was as if Penn State knew exactly what I was doing. Uh, like they were telegraphing what they were doing, and it was just like Penn State was just shutting them down. And um, man, I wanted I want to give credit to who said that, but I I don't have the name off offhand. But yeah, it's Iowa has not been getting better through the season. Uh, if anything, they're kind of they've been getting worse. I think they have back to back losses now. But um, yeah, but going back to um, the secondary, it'll be interesting to see because they have um, their star defensive player, and uh, there's been comparison between him and Lewis. Yeah. Uh, so this is, I mean, obviously it's not really the same thing because you're going up against completely different units, but it'll be interesting to see which one kind of outperforms the other one in this matchup. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. And obviously is. Penn State ran all over him pretty well. So, and obviously we boast some pretty darn good backs and we have multiples. We no, we don't just have two, we got four. <laughs> and and that we have a really, really tough time on the show trying to figure out who's going to be the guy carrying the ball <laughs> the most. I, I think I have a better time picking the score than I do the person who's actually going to get the most yards. <laughs> running the ball so um but yeah it, i was gonna have its uh work cut out for him this year so but um i think michigan's gonna be ready for him I, and i'm not buying this crap i'm hearing on twitter about you know michigan's falling right into in iowa's hands because we're looking out you know towards the uh, ohio state uh game in no. and i'm just like that's baloney i don't believe it for a moment i haven't read anything i don't see anything i see it from other maybe it might be from michigan fans and stuff and that's fine and then nothing wrong with that but uh i'm always like hey you know we got iowa and they're ready i'm ready and i'm focused on what they do so yeah i i'm not i'm not worried about it. they've been doing such a good job with that this year it seems like i i don't really see why not or why that would be an issue now uh, with the Indiana game being right before the Ohio State game, that yeah. I'd be more worried about, but we'll see. So uh, just some numbers to throw out with uh, the two teams that I've got here. Uh, points averaging, Michigan is averaging 48 points. I was just averaging over 26 points a game. Uh, Michigan has 
uh, for first downs is rushing for 114 first downs and passing for 92. Iowa looking a little bit more balanced, uh, has 77 rushing first downs and 69 passing first, first downs. Uh, the rushing game, uh, this this is quite drastic here. Michigan has put up over 2,200 rushing yards with 36 touchdowns, while Iowa is only at 1,300 rushing yards and 17 yeah, rushing crazy. touchdowns. Yeah, so there's quite a difference there on the rushing game. Um, the passing game, a little bit more even as Michigan is uh, over 2,200 uh, yeah. passing yards. Iowa over 1,600 uh, passing yards, but then Michigan's pulled in 17 touchdowns and Iowa at 13. So that's yeah. uh, a little bit more on the uh, same page. Third downs, Michigan gets 48%, only allowing 18%. Um, and Iowa gets 35, completes 35% of their third downs and allows 35%. Yeah. So that's... Uh, rough their uh, defense statistic for them. Uh, interestingly enough for this, uh, the red zone, Michigan's success is 90% yep. and only allowing 57%, but then Iowa's success is higher at 93%, but they allow a whopping 70%. <laughs> so when they when yep. they get into the red zone, Iowa is very, very successful. So I kind of anticipate... Yeah. Um, that you'll be seeing them getting into. Uh, with our defense, we're good at yep. uh, stopping. I think it was last episode you even said where when it gets in a shorter a, field, our defense almost, is yep, able to lock a, down. Oh, yeah, we always lock down. It's crazy how good we are. Yeah, but it, that, that, those percentages are about spot on. You're right. Um, yes. So that, I anticipate that we'll see some, uh, if I was able to get that point in the field when they do, that we'll be seeing Michigan able to stop them, but then Iowa may be kicking some field goals, so we might see that come up in the score. Uh, there, I but thought you know, I had the third another. down conversion for Michigan is only at nineteen percent. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, that teams who can only get you know are at nineteen percent overall on on converting a third down. That's crazy good. That's like yeah. tops tops in you know in college football and that's man it, that is tough to do against michigan we just have really good but this is what's going to be a really real you know what i'll wait to have my say about what they might do but yeah you had one more thing to say yeah i got a couple other interesting stats here that are mostly defensive stats uh that i wanted to mention uh i was looking at things like tackle for loss i was uh 38 tackles for loss and i was just like wow that's pretty good and then i went over to michigan do you have any guess how many tackles for loss Michigan has had? No, I don't. 83. Wow. Yeah, I thought I was wow. doing pretty good at 38. The Michigan comes in with 83. Uh, here's here's the interesting thing, though, and I was talking about the uh, – I should have mentioned this earlier when I was talking about the secondaries mm -hmm. uh, kind of battling back and forth. Michigan has uh, 34 broken passes, uh, and they their opponents have broken up 26 uh, passes. Iowa has done the same with breaking up 34 passes mm -hmm. and their opponents have broken up 21. So that's, uh, I mean, 34 and 34. So okay. you're talking about two, uh, two good secondaries there. Um, I mean, I know some of that gets into the linebackers and everything, but it's, uh, that is kind of close numbers there. Another drastic difference though, uh, 
quarterback hurries, and I think this might be my last defensive stat here. Uh, quarterback hurries, Iowa has nine, and its opponents have had 18. While Michigan has also allowed their opponents to have 19, they have, our defense has had 43 quarterback hurries. Yep. So another crazy defensive stat there that will be interesting to see how it shows down for a Saturday night. Yeah. And, and you're right. And that's, I mean, that's where I'm wondering is, you know, I know some of these teams are kind of, I, you know, and this is where it's going to be really interesting is to say, Hey, you know, what is, does Michigan might be have a little bit of crack in their arm or a little bit on this defense because based on the last two teams we've played is that whole, you know, running, game you know from the little bit of the inside to the outside running plays and then you know obviously doing the if you can get blocks to the outside can michigan's linebackers get there fast enough on a hesitation you know off blocks and you know if michigan's had had a little bit of trouble off blocks you know and and they and a lot of times those linebackers get at a, at a point where they can't get off blocks, so that little stutter, that couple seconds, our linebackers aren't fast enough to get over there to stop them, and that's why you're seeing us getting gashed to the outside. And obviously, you know, I think a couple players like Stribling and some of them were having a tough time making tackles. So I'm wondering if I was going to kind of take out of what MSU did and take out of what kind of what Maryland was starting to do to us and i know jim harbaugh and the staff are going to shut that down and adjust but there is that possibility because iowa does have those two running backs that are pretty good so and that would be interesting to see what they do yeah yeah well the thing that we mentioned last time in uh critiquing or breaking down the uh illinois game uh was or no maryland game wow sorry uh the maryland game was the finishing tackles. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. And you were just uh, kind of alluding or directing that way. And yeah. So the, <clears throat> wow. Sorry. Uh, there are certain issues with uh, Michigan defensively, even though our numbers have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are still things that are, could be looming concerns against uh, s- certain opponents and, and then even road games. So that's, another thing that I'll be looking for with this road matchup. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And and the thing is, is I think this game, this team I'm noticing from game to game is becoming more un, uh, unpredictable. <laughs> it, Michigan is. And I'm, is that, is that a good thing? And I'm like, that's a very good thing. And the more unpredictable this team becomes, the more the advantage becomes in Michigan's side because I'm starting to see more of Spate starting to control this offense and starting to be, take that leadership role. And Jim Harbaugh, in a way, he's even fooling people like me and you and I that we have a hard time figuring out either he's going to the run game or he's just going to push the pile and move and just score that way and put peppers at the wildcat and do it that way like he did with MSU. He did obviously a lot more of that, and Spate kind of had an average game. He didn't do that much. But, but then Maryland comes around, and then all you saw was Spate just going off and throwing the ball and getting more confident with his throws and – He's looking at seven different receivers and seeing them all over the field. And he has a record 
half in the first half, and I'm like, man, Spate's just doing so well. And I'm wondering, you know, would there be a game for Spate? And I just have a hard time figuring out. And I think Jim Harbaugh and the staff have looked at the tape and they've looked at Iowa and said they know exactly what they're going to do and saw chinks in Iowa and, you know, and as much as I'll say, hey, it might be the running game, which it might be. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. And, you know, I thought that he'd run all over Maryland and they didn't. They they actually, they did, but then they actually threw the ball, which opened up the running. Yeah. No, I think that this is going to be a good game for Spade. I think that he's just, I mean, kind of like Rudock last year, just getting better and better. And Rudock, you saw uh, kind of a progression through the entire year with Spate. I feel like since the bye week, you've really seen um, him step it up a notch, like slowly and progressively after the bye week with Rudock. I think you saw it like from beginning to end because he really did start off quite rough. Um, but, uh, I guess, uh, a little comparison here just to say and make mention of, I mean, Will and Spate is sitting at over 2000 yards, got three games left mm-hmm. and he's 15 touchdowns for three interceptions. Yeah, and last year, Jake Rudock, this is for the entire season, but he finished with over, uh, just over 3000 yards, 20 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So, I mean, oh, Rudock are nice. On pace. Spate, yeah, is definitely on pace. And actually, oh, wait, I had the uh, completion percentage. They're like neck and neck with completion percentage because Rudock finished at 64% and Spate is at 64.5% right now. You know so, what's interesting is how in the way, I mean, how in the world is Spate is on pace? Do I think he'll get there? I'm not sure because, you know, obviously I, I, I don't know. But think about it. He's on, his, he's on pace a little bit. But we are, we've been consistently running very well against teams and to a point to where we run so well that we don't even need Spate to win. And even some of those games, and I'm like, wow, we're just, you know, even against Rutgers, we ran all over them and we ran well against certain teams. But, um, but that's crazy. I mean, that our running game, I don't believe uh, Rudock back then had to throw. You know, he had to get some of those yardage that we had a hard time getting those third and one, third and two using his feet. Um, but Rudock won a lot of games for us using his arm, and we had a hard time running uh, last yeah. year. And But this year, I mean, we got four running backs that are just all different, and they're both Devion's starting to really come along and, and power running and breaking tackles just when we need them to. And then you get throwing Higdon and – and they got Isaac to the outside, and it's going to be tough for teams to key on what we're going to do and, and how we're doing. And it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Well, uh, the the race at running back is so close. I mean, I think <laughs> a week or two weeks ago, Higdon had the most rushing yards. Uh, right now, actually, Smith has the most. Evans is after that, and then Higdon dropped a third. Um but the interesting thing that I want to point out is I really, even with us going up against this secondary uh, better than most secondaries that we faced, I think our passing game, I think Spate's still going to have a decent game. I don't think it's going to compare to last week exactly because, I mean, he just went lights out. Um, but I think that he's going to have a good game. I think, uh, I mean, with our running game being going to be able to have uh, good productivity, 
I think that we'll have chances for some good passing plays. Uh, but we already mentioned that there was a distinct difference between uh, – no, actually, we have a lot more rushing yards than uh, their rushing yards. That's what it was. But here's quite a big difference in looking at our receiving core compared to theirs because uh, Darbo has 741 uh, passing yards, Butt has 421, Cheston has 416, and then it drops off drastically after that. The top receiver for Iowa, mm-hmm. McCarron, yep. doesn't even have as many reception yards as Cheston does. Wow. Yeah. And that's our third leading receiver. So, yeah. Our receivers have really stepped up. Uh, I mean, our, uh, yeah, like I said, there was a huge drop off after Cheston because Perry comes in with 114 uh, passing yards. But I think Spay is really coming into his own. I don't think that he's going to have to feel like he has to force or anything because our running game yep. will do well enough. But. Uh, I do have some locker or dumping questions pertaining to the difference between the passing and running game for us this weekend. Yeah, and the thing is, is it, it, look at Spate's mannerisms against Maryland. It was like he, you know, he he stood tall in the pocket. I mean, he stood tall to like almost. It's it's amazing just to watch him and watch his body posture, watch his and his feet, his footwork in the pocket, and how he moved. It was so fluid, and he was just through. He, he was looking at his progressions really quickly to, you know, here, 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 and no one's open. And then guess what? I'm just going to throw a little dump pass to the running back for five yards and have them make up the rest of the yards on on just base skill and talent. And they did that. That's the sign of a incredible quarterback a quarterback that says hey you know what i'm not going to just start forcing the ball i'm just going to get what we can to get a first down i love that about him and 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 confident in the his throws you know and he and every time every game that goes by he just gets more confident in him and 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 remember how he would he would stand in the pocket and he throw in the beginning of the season and and he, he he wasn't off it would just be like he overthrew a guy or you know what if I'm not going to be on the accurate and then I'm going to be way not accurate and not even have the other team get the ball, which is smart. But uh, there's times where you just overthrew a guy who's wide open, but those are concerning, but man, he's just becoming a really nice weapon for Michigan. And that's scary for other teams. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, to keep up with time and uh, everything, do you want to, how about you go ahead and give us what you think is going to be Michigan's strength in this game? What's going to work out best for Michigan um, this Saturday? Um, I think I think Spate's going to have a good day. I think he's going to have a good game. I really do. I think he's going to start. You know, I think it's going to start off with some good passing, and it's going to open up the running game like we did with uh, Maryland. I think that's the route we're going to go again. Um, I think Iowa is going to come out obviously in the first quarter and do really well at, you know, with their defense and stuff and be pumped up for, you know, this is a championship game, I'm sure for them too. But, uh, and I think Spate's going to do the things he needs to do to move those chains and, uh, it'll be interesting in the first quarter. I think people are going to be like, wow, this game's a little bit, but you know, I think when then we're just going to take control and, uh, I just think that, you know, our, Defense is going to step up and do pretty well, and um, I, I just think Spate's going to have a good day today. To that day, so yeah. under the lights, man. 
Yeah, night game. Well, uh, for me, well, I think Iowa's strength is going to be in what they're going to try to focus on is the running game. I think that's stronger than their passing game. They have those uh, two running backs that we mentioned. And they saw what Maryland was able to – I mean, well, if they – I can only imagine that they saw what Maryland was able to do to us on the outside. Um, so I think that that's what they're going to try to do. And so Michigan's really going to have to focus on being able to shut that down. I, from what I've watched, um, I don't think there's a lot of emphasis on Iowa with outside running. Uh, I'll admit that I haven't been able to watch as much film on them as I was hoping to. So I don't really necessarily think that that's going to be their strong suit. Yeah. Uh, but they'll, they'll definitely try the things that have worked against Michigan before. So I think that they're going to focus on the run game. I don't think it's going to be as successful for them as it was for Maryland starting off, but uh, but I still think that Michigan's defense will be able to uh, handle things quite easily. So uh, keep moving along. We will go ahead and go into lock it or dump it. Yeah. And I've got the questions here. There we go. Uh, so then with – Lock it and dump it. Our first question, Michigan will have a touchdown run longer than 20 yards in this game. Ooh. Longer than 20 yards. TD. Um, hmm. I'll say dump it. Okay. Craig dumps it. Yeah. And I, I think at some point in this game, with what we've seen Evans do and uh, Higdon, I think that we will actually um, see it happen. So I will lock that. All right. Uh, I'm not going to say which player I think it's going to do, but <laughs> I'll go ahead and lock that in. So, all right, moving along to the next question. Darbo will have the most receiving yards for Michigan. Lock it. All right. He's, he's a good, good, good receiver. He's yeah, like he has been the second. Yeah, the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he has been the go-to for. Uh, yeah, Michigan, or for right. That's what I want to see Chesson with a little bit. You know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you start seeing Chesson a little bit more, which would be great. That means, and is, you know, you'd be, they're going to go. Who would be, who do we tee off on? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I agree. I think Darbo will get. Uh, well, so you. Went ahead and locked that one. Yep. I will go ahead and dump that one. Oh. Because I think that it's going to be a great game for Jake. Jake Butt. I'm I know you were going to say that. I'm going with Jake Butt. You going with the butt. Want, All right. Going with the big butts. All right. So uh, last and not least, Spate will have more than two passing touchdowns. More. Oh, lock Spate it. Will have, you're going to lock that. Yep. All right. I will I will dump that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, uh, um, you know what a lock it and then dump it question throw out is, uh, will Michigan knock out the quarterback? <laughs> yeah, that happens frequently enough that we should be asking that. Right. Um, oh, shit. Uh, so I almost had a technical difficulty here. I forgot to plug in one of my computers. Uh, Ooh, that was close. Um, 
That one messed up everything. So, yeah, so we are back and forth on all of these. Yeah, um, we did. So, good times. Controversy. Yep. I should, uh, where is it? I've got something. <laughs> was that even loud enough? I don't know oh, if yeah. that was loud enough. Yeah, I, it is. Okay. All right, because I, uh, for some reason, every time when I'm doing this through the headphones, it I hear it and it sounds great through my headphones, but then I listen to it and I'm just like, man, that was really quiet. So, but uh, not to waste any more time and keep things moving along, we will go into the game locks for the week. And I think actually there might be a game or two in here that I don't know. Looks like they all got, well, it's late enough in the week, they should all have spread. So we can get going with this. Mm-hmm. Where? Oh. Okay, so uh, number 10, uh, Penn State is at Indiana, negative 7 for Penn State, Rutgers and Michigan State for the not the biggest loser in the Big Ten East. Uh, Michigan State is a 14-point favor in that game. Northwestern is playing at Purdue as a 13.5-point favorite. Number 5, Ohio State is at Maryland and is a 29.5-point favorite. Illinois is playing at number seven, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is favored by 26 and a half points. And then number now number 19, Nebraska is hosting Minnesota and is only a seven point favorite. And then Michigan is 21 and a half point favorite at Iowa. So you got one of those that you want to lock. I know I went through those pretty quick, so well, the easiest one would be maybe Ohio State, but I'm going to go with Northwestern at Purdue. Okay. So Northwestern covers against Purdue. I'm telling you, man, I'm not I'm I'm not going to be sucked into uh, Michigan State again. Sorry, man. I, yeah. I, I give you guys enough of my time to say, hey, I picked you in a couple games this this lot, and I, and Caleb knows that, and you let me down. I ain't doing it again. So, no, I'm not picking you to win. You should, but I'm not. I'm not doing it. Well, you could do uh, – you could choose against Michigan State and say that but Rutgers will cover the spread. They both stay – I'm not – I'm not – no, that game, I – you got me. <laughs> Yeah, I am. I think I'm going to take Penn State. Okay. As the seven point favorite over Indiana. I I mean, Indiana struggled last week with Rutgers. Yeah, Yeah, they had kind of a close game. So, um, I'm going to write that down. See, I get some respect to Michigan State. I gave them respect, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. No, you said that they were going to win against Illinois, and they did not. So. so, yep. So, okay. Well, then that moves us right along into the prediction for the Michigan game. So, like we mentioned, number three Michigan on another road game at Iowa. Not the easiest thing, but definitely a bigger spread than we anticipated at the beginning of the season. 21 and a half point spread. Uh, Craig, share your thoughts with us. Well, Given that they're at home and Kinnick Stadium's pretty tough crowd, you know they got they play pretty well. It's under the lights, and usually at night, I think teams get a little bit more 
or home crowds get a little bit more uh, excited, you know, and it's always a cool thing. You know what? I'd like to hear to see a stat on how well Michigan plays at night versus during the day throughout their history. I don't know what else. I'm oh, sure yeah. somebody's got that out there, but you know, if you do, send us an email or text us or tweet us or whatever. But um, I'm gonna say Michigan 34 and Iowa 14. Okay. All right. Well, I am uh, in the same range. So uh, just real quick, so I get that. You said, was it 35-14? 34-14. Okay. All right. Well, I am uh, in that range. I think that Michigan will get more productivity. I think the defense will be able to hold them. Like I mentioned, I think uh, Iowa might get into the red zone and chalk up a couple field goals and there might be a touchdown thrown in there somewhere. So I'm giving 13 points to Iowa, but I think that Michigan will actually, um, when the clock hits zeros, that they'll be able to put up 45 points wow. against Iowa. How about that? Um, yeah. Totally crazy. Uh, so I'm talking about covering the spread. And, uh, yeah, with been yours. scoring a lot. So. Yeah. I um, um, Against Maryland last time I had them on uh, – not covering the spread or not scoring so many points. Yeah, so. I'm just giving it because it's at their home place and it's at night and, you know, it's always a tough crowd there and they got a pretty decent defense. So, but, yeah. I have a feeling that a uh, little bit that might come into it, uh, not necessarily them feeling disrespect or anything, but, you know, I mean, Michigan's schedule now looks a lot better than it did at the beginning of the season. Some of their – the opponents have better records than they anticipated but michigan's still not getting a whole lot of uh love or respect on that uh side of things so i think that the team will be motivated to make a statement um not saying that this will be a huge statement game but just you know with the few road games that they have i think that they want to be able to um put up some good numbers with this one so we'll kind of see how that turns out but uh, those are our predictions, so we will go ahead then and transition here into closing thoughts. All right. Well, honestly, it seems it feels like it's a little bit short. Because yeah. we didn't do we did the intro the other night, and so now we're just doing the main content here. So it feels like it's a little bit short, but we are running close to time um, with our hour time frame and everything. So um, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, looking forward to the game. So uh, make sure to check out our Facebook group, the Blue Network Everything Michigan Football. That is where you can find things first and foremost with us and the blueprint show and also we have the caption of the competition going on with how crazy things were this week there has not been an image posted yet but there will be an image posted tomorrow friday uh we will extend when we will be accepting cap uh caption ideas probably for like another day or so usually we close on friday nights uh, but if you're looking for results for those uh that can be updated on facebook and you'll see that information there so that's another reason to join the Facebook. Group. Yeah. There's always something good out. on there. Man, they, some of these people have some really funny memes and they got some funny, great pics and you got people posting videos of, you know, it, it's amazing how the group has people that live in Ohio and Florida and things like that. And they're posting live 
you know, a live Facebook post, you know, of them with their Michigan gear on and game day and having game day parties like a little tailgate in Florida. And, and I just sit there and that is so cool to watch. And I just, I love it. And I love to see that. And again, you know, they're all decked out in their Michigan gear in a, in a, in a different state and nothing's cooler than to see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to see everybody come together, and it's it's really awesome because people share so many things in there. It's I mean, I try to stay on top of as much as I can with Twitter, but it's almost like uh, everybody will share everything in that group. So if something yeah. comes up, you're bound to see it in there. Well, you know so. what? And you know, not and I don't want to. Obviously, I'm I'm not getting political on here whatsoever, but it's a good time to bring people together, and I think nothing but. Football does that with people, and that's what I love is watching the Michigan family and fan base get together and post and talk about how well Michigan's playing and how excited we are, and it's such a good time to see football do that, you know, with just a, a tough week with for everybody, and and I I, I can't wait for Saturday to come just because of because of that, and the fact is Michigan's rolling and we're doing great and things, good things are coming, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, great season. Enjoy, enjoy it. Uh, it's been a long time since we've had things like this. Uh, being fans of Michigan football, so uh, definitely do have a good time with it. And if you're going to the game, have fun. Yeah. And would have wished to be there, but that's kind of how things work sometimes. So, uh, we hope you all have a good rest of the week and enjoy your weekend and enjoy the game and we will finish things off with go blue go blue